0: Hello! Welcome to chapter 3 podcast, the show for readers of science fiction, fantasy, and romance. This is season 1, episode 26. Today's episode is another installment in a series I've been doing on where to start reading in different genres. Today we're going to be talking about science fiction, which I'm excited for. I'm joined by YouTubers Angela from Literature Science Alliance and Tori Morrow to talk about where to start with science fiction. So if you're wondering, if you read other genres we've got you covered. If you guys enjoy the podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you take a moment to rate and review us so we can continue to reach more listeners. And if you're interested in getting early access to episodes and exclusive bonus content from all of our guests, consider supporting us on Patreon. Huge thanks to all of our supporting patrons, including our world expanding patron, Trina. You all make this possible. Angela and Tori,
1: thank you for joining me. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's always a fun time. Yep.
0: Yeah. I think this will be fun and I feel like both of you read quite a bit of sci-fi so I think this will be, will be good. So Canada set the stage for this I feel like a lot of people are really intimidated by science fiction and so I, I kind of want to talk about and some people aren't some people just don't know where to start with like the fiction piece of it like they're into science and they don't know where to start with fiction but I think a lot of people are intimidated by it so I want to talk about like we'll get there, like where do you start if you're a fantasy reader? Where do you start if you're a romance reader? Like what are some good like intros to the genre? And so we're going to get into all of that. But before we do, I want to start by talking about what got you into science fiction and kind of where did you start with the genre?
1: I guess I could go first. And I think mine was a natural lead from fantasy into science fiction because I, as like a kid, was always drawn to the harder magic system fantasy like I didn't realize till I was like an adult that His Dark Materials is actually a very like sci-fi fantasy thing like it has a lot of like references to dark matter and like multi-dimensional travel and things like that but I didn't really start picking up science fiction until I became a graduate student because I think that's when like I had time to read again and I was like there's this whole world of books that are in the same shelved area in the bookstore and I haven't picked them up yet so I think I just started with a bunch of the very popular ones. And I just started really liking it and getting comfortable. And I I don't know, it was really fun. I think it's interesting because I have a science background. I have my my bachelor's is in physics and my PhD is gonna be in biophysics. And I'm one of the people who does not care if the science in a science fiction is accurate. I know a lot of people <laughs> care. I don't, honestly, the harder the sci-fi, the more I'm like, okay, this is too much. This is a little pretentious for me. I just can't right now. Like. <laughs> Or I actually dislike it more when the book pretends it's hard sci-fi and then to me feels like magical realism where I'm like, okay, this isn't you didn't talk to a single person to even <laughs> you some buzzwords because there are like hard yeah. sci-fi buzzwords, right? Like if someone mm-hmm. says quantum, all of a sudden like certain people's ears perk and like right. you know? <laughs> yeah. So I think I tend to like a wide range of sci-fi. Like I think some people go into it really wanting hard sci-fi or really wanting like military, but I could go from mm-hmm. like literary to classics to um, there's some that I now call like folklore sci-fi, which like Nedia Okorfor came out with the novella mm-hmm. kind of in that vein. So I don't know, I just like exploring it cause it's just, you know, cool. I just like speculative fiction. It's just mm-hmm. a fun time.
2: Yeah. I love that. I love how though she just like casually brushed past those educational credentials. <laughs> But that was a little bit uh, too impressive. Right, yeah,
0: no, that's right.
2: right. Um, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm kind of like uh, you in that same vein. I, I like to read a little bit of everything um, in the sci-fi genre and the subgenres. I, I think I came to it, though, like more so from a like YA dystopian gateway. Like when I was younger, I was really into stuff like Hunger Games and Uglies and The Giver. And so, you know, just kind of those like dystopian elements and those concepts, I think, were my first like nuggets of you know science fiction that I like to read now, and then I would say, like maybe when I started my YouTube channel, so a few years ago now, at this point, I started really getting immersed in the booktube community, especially like the sci-fi booktube community. That's when I was becoming more exposed to the sci-fi that I read now, so a lot of the classics that I'm aware of and you know just kind of the different themes that i like to look for in different sci-fi books I definitely like that sci-fi that why dystopian gateway and then the sci-fi community on booktube just kind of broaden my horizons of the things that i like to enjoy now so
1: you bringing up the yeah. uglies is such a throwback i totally forgot i was just like oh man yeah. <laughs> yeah well i that was
0: how i felt about the giver because i was like yeah that's totally because i read that in like fifth grade yeah and loved it so I guess you know that that wasn't what I was going to say as far as kind of my history with it, but I guess that's an early, an even earlier uh, piece of piece of the puzzle. Yeah. So I was already interested in it because I grew up watching Star Trek. Like my mom was really into Star Trek, so I grew up watching like Next Generation and Voyager, and uh, you know Star Wars and stuff. And so I I le- loved that kind of on screen. And then the first thing that I really remember was in high school, I had a friend who was obsessed with Ender's Game and convinced me to read it. And I was like, this is great. And so I kind of went from there into reading a lot of other stuff. I started reading, um, I read the foundation books by Isaac Asimov. I read kind of, and so, you know, like it kind of yes. started me down a rabbit hole of like
1: other, other There's sci-fi stuff. an unofficial stuff. list that we're all given of like the five books everyone <laughs> always recommends. Yeah. yeah. But no, you bring up a great point. I think I actually have said it I've always been into sci-fi, but only from a visual media for a really long time, like mm-hmm. Doctor mm-hmm. Who, Star Trek. Although, I don't know if you guys have either of you heard of the middle grade sci-fi called Replicas. It's like a thriller mm-hmm. middle grade. And I read it as a kid. Oh. It was just at the half price bookstores and all of them were there.
0: It and sounds it was, like vaguely familiar, but
1: not. The first yeah. book's called Amy Number no. 7. And it's like mm. so 2001. Like it's like the covers her with this like daisy on her shirt and like the high rise. That was my introduction. There was like twenty books of it, and but they were all not like that big. There was like a middle grade.
0: Yeah. Oh no, that's really interesting. No, I always kind of liked it, and I think I was always also interested in things that were genre blends. Like, did like I don't know. Did either of you guys ever play Mist? Okay, I'm I'm probably older than both of you. So. <laughs> yeah. But chance. um. No, but it was, so it was a, it was like a PC game that was really big when I was like in fifth grade or fourth and fifth grade and it was interesting because it was kind of a fantasy it was like early steampunk almost like fantasy mm-hmm. sci-fi hybrid and then they made books based on it and i like read the books when i was in high school too and it was like a puzzle game but it was like sort of creepy with like these different worlds and portals through books but there was like a science to creating the portals and anyway it was like a whole a whole thing <laughs> I'm sure some of the listeners will know what i'm talking about
1: <laughs> My sci-fi game when I was a kid was Math Mind Blaster or whatever it was called with the <laughs> multiplication tables. <laughs> so.
0: okay. Yeah, no. So I mean I think it's it's interesting. You can you can definitely get in from like from different places. I've always kind of enjoyed different elements of it. So for people though who are newer to the genre, and we'll like get a little more granular with this, but like if somebody mm-hmm. Is like, hey, I want to try out sci-fi. What what are some kind of go-to recommendations you would suggest, or like, what are some good places for people to start?
2: I will always and forever recommend. I know it's kind of basic at this point, but Stories of Your Life and Others by Ted Shang, and only because um, the, I, I mentioned, you know, my gateway into sci-fi <laughs> when I was more, you know, into adulthood was through the BookTube community and you know just watching different sci-fi BookTubers and stuff. So. I would say around the time I started my adult sci-fi reading journey, Stories of Your Life and Others was that first book that really just like kind of hooked me in. So I highly, highly recommend that. It's a great short story collection. Just a lot of, you know, a lot of different themes in it about just our place in the world, religion. I love how Ted Shank just takes some really simplistic human concepts and just kind of elevates them. So I really love that collection. And then the other one would be probably Do You Dream of Terror 2 by Tami O. I think it's so good. I think it works for younger readers coming into the sci-fi genre, and it also works for fans of literary fiction. And it's just a quiet story about just the pressure that we put on young people in a lot of ways. They're studying for this huge journey where they have to travel to this new planet. The journey takes like 20 years. And so you throw these teenagers into this small space and just kind of look at the impact of what that does to them and they're dealing with their problems in the spaceship but they're still leaving their problems on earth like and I don't know it's just I love books like that I love how we kind of explore human nature in those different ways mm-hmm. so those are probably the first two that that come to mind and then I can get into some others a bit later yeah
1: yeah we will <laughs> I need to read Terra Two. that's an example of a book that as like an experienced sci-fi reader I haven't read like it still being like. I just got my used copy at the bookstore like a month ago so it's staring at me on the show. I,
2: w- I would love to hear what you know either of you think about it or both of you if you end up picking it up it I, I don't know it really resonated with me i know it has a lot of mixed reviews but uh, it's it's such a beautiful story in my opinion so that's
1: cool i was also on my list so i'm just gonna bring it up because you already brought up a ted chang i had exhalation on mine which i like this collection a bit more although the story yeah story of your life and others is like the basis of one of my favorite sci-fi movies of all time Arrival. Yep. so yeah
0: i need to read ted chiang still like i loved arrival but I, I i have one of the collections on my tbr i think i have
1: exhalation this um the newer yeah, one yeah. he yeah. publishes like 20 years apart it's really horrible <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um what's great about ted chiang that um tori already mentioned though is like i find he's really accessible and he He does stuff that Asimov does, where it's very like, let's have a thought experiment. Let's let's think about this idea. Mm -hmm. Except Ted Chang, I think, has a more modern writing style that's more engaging and has better characters. So if like you want to dip your toes into that type of sci fi, which is like deductive reasoning or just thinking about an idea like in this story, there's just a lot of free will is in this collection. It's a lot of discussion of free will and choice and things like that. So I really like that because A, they're short stories. So like you can commit, there's one story in here that's two pages. Like you can commit to very short amount of time. Another one that I like to recommend, especially when people are like, I want to read a classic sci-fi. I always like to recommend Kindred by Octavia Butler, even though that one's a little bit more like even Butler thinks of it more as her fantasy work, but it's technically a sci-fi. Yeah. <laughs> and then like Wild Seed, people read and think it's a fantasy, but she says it's more of a sci-fi, which <laughs> is kind of, true. It's, it's so funny, but Kindred has time travel. So by that measure, I'm counting it. And it's also great for people who are used to historical fiction mm-hmm. or literary fiction or contemporary because it's not jarring. You just have that one element that's sci-fi, but then it introduces right. you to this powerhouse of a sci-fi author. I mean that is her least sci-fi piece that I have read so far. I've only read her Pattern Master series and Kindred. Yeah. yeah, Pattern Master.
0: I need to read more of her. I know I'm. Yeah, I've I've only read Kindred and Fledgling. But this month my pay with my patrons, I'm reading um, Parable of the Sower. So nice.
2: I saw your TBR <laughs> video. I was so excited for you. I you I'm it. excited.
1: <laughs> Did, have you guys seen the new covers for the Her Gest series? I just they're bought just Dawn so today cuz they're pretty. Stunning. I bought Dawn.
0: Oh my gosh, gorgeous.
1: Stunning. stunning. Cuz the second one just came out and the third one comes out this December. I'm yeah. Like, well, I'm just going to buy them all. They're, they're really beautiful out. covers. They're so stunning. stunning. <laughs> they are. They're like truly. Yeah. And I would say in general though, Octavia Butler of all the classic sci-fi authors has a very direct writing style. It's not yeah. like Ursula Guin, yeah. which can be on the drier side or Asimov. People I think just always forget about her on their classic sci-fi list when she's been writing yeah. since the seventies. And so yep. I don't know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> No, I definitely agree. I think depending on I mean, I mean, what I recommend to people often depends on like who they are and what they're into. A couple of good sort of entry points uh, is one if you're into any sci fi movies or TV shows, read the book that it was based on because there's a lot of those, you know, there's the Expanse series, for instance, is like a great sci fi show. They're actually a just about to release a foundation series based on the books by Asimov, but it's on Apple TV, and I'm like, oh man, oh my god! Oh oh my god it looks good. really good, though. The I Martian. Get,
1: there are some that are really good, like I would say Arrival, The Martian, probably Expanse. But then there are others where I'm like, if you watch the movie, the book is so different. Like Blade Runner, yes. If you read Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, and after watching Blade Runner, there are different main characters. Like, <laughs> like they're not the same. <laughs>
2: Fair, point, so, like, fair only point. similar in name. Same thing with um with World War Z by Max Brooks. I actually, don't very like different.
1: It, I oh, the, the like. Okay,
0: but like the political science nerd in me loved World War Z the book so much.
1: But like Jurassic Park is really good for that. Like mm-hmm. there, you just have to like like p- look around. The more yeah. the older it is more dry it's probably going to be like the new movie for dune is going to be way more action packed than the book is i love
0: i know i like love the book though too a lot of this is also just like taste right like do you want something that's really like fast and action-packed or like do you enjoy a more literary book in which case like yeah definitely try like dune and the foundation series like because they're very good they're just you know one other i think good way to go you guys mentioned short stories but another option is to try novellas there's some really great novellas one that i like to recommend to people is the Murderbot diaries by martha wells if you like a snarky character like The best part of those is Murderbot. You're in Murderbot's head. They're a biological AI who's hacked their governor module. You know, like, could be really dangerous, but mostly just wants to spend their time, like, streaming soapy television (laughs) shows. Yeah.
1: Uh, I have all of those on my Kindle and have read zero. Oh,
0: they're so good. Angela.
1: I'm saving them for a rainy day. Like literally. Yeah,
0: yeah. They're really good. And the audiobooks are really well done also. Um, so those, I think there's like several novellas and one full length novel. So like, those are good ones to try. And uh, speaking of, Nettie Accora for she's got several sci-fi novels, the Binti series. And then I think you're talking about re- we're talking about remote control, which I haven't read that one yet, but I've I've heard good things about it.
1: Remote yeah. control is one that you have to have the right expectations because every negative review I've seen is because of wrong expectations. Yes. That, oh my <laughs>
2: god, that's so accurate. So, that's so true. I didn't even know I didn't even know what to expect going into it. I just kind of I just let it take me. Cause I was a little skeptical because I read I love Nnedi Okorafor, I read Binti, but I did not like the second one. What was it, Binti Mm -hmm. Home? I just thought it was okay. So Mm -hmm. I was a little skeptical going into remote control. So I think you just have to like definitely adjust your expectations and just kind of go into remote control with, you know, just just read it.
1: It's really pretty. It's really like, especially if you're feeling, like that one's the one I was saying is like folklore sci-fi. Like if you just want a story of a legend, like a really self-contained little journey story in Ghana, it's really yeah.
0: nice. so I think you know and maybe this like a place to pivot to is for people who are intimidated by the science piece of sci-fi we can we can talk about like recommendations for that I'll say that I like to suggest people try like soft character driven sci-fi mm. and Becky Chambers is great for that <laughs> like she just she writes really soft joyful diverse <laughs> very character driven <laughs> <Very, very laughs> sci-fi <laughs> I know. And I just love him so, Love it so much. Like, um, A Long Way to a Small Angry Planet, which is interesting because I think the cover looks very science-y, mm-hmm. but the book is not remotely science-y. At least the U.S. covers. I think the U.K. covers maybe are a little more like a sense of kind of maybe what you're getting.
1: But I mean, I think in the U.S. it kind of works because it definitely, the book itself is like if Firefly and Star Trek had a kid, Fair. which is kind of what the cover looks like. Yeah. You're but. hanging
0: out with a fun, quirky crew like it's great yeah. and then her novella that just came out the uh oh, a songs, song for the wild psalm for the wild Belt. Oh, it's so good and oh, it's good. oh my gosh it's like post post-apocalyptic i guess you could say it's like there's been an apocalyptic sort of environmental thing and now humans are getting it together and doing better and it's set like in a in a brighter future
2: yeah and but <laughs> at the same time it's like Nobody, this, I don't know, this main character, they're just like not happy. No. And they, they're so restless and anxious. And so, mm-hmm. I don't know, the whole journey, I was just like, this is really pulling at my heartstrings. Like, yeah. post, you know, as we're moving out of this whole mm-hmm. pandemic, I was like, Becky Travers, this is too much. This is too uh, much for my life right now.
0: It's so good, though. So, but yeah. yeah, it was really
2: yeah. good. Yeah. Definitely like a little warm, warm blanket.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. So she's like my go-to recommendation for people who are like, I'm intimidated by the science and I want something like with fun characters. I don't know. What do you guys recommend?
1: With that caveat of like there is the intimidation based around the science and maybe even just like world building in general, like they're used to reading contemporaries or historical fictions. One I just read like finished today is We Are Satellites by Sarah Pinsker, which just came out this year. And this is like super near future. One of my favorite things about the story is you're following a family. So it's two moms and two kids. One kid's adopted, one's biologically connected to one of the moms. And you're watching them go through this change in society where suddenly people have this implant they can have that makes them basically perfect at multitasking. So that's the sci-fi element. And then you just explore what that does to society and this family in particular. And so many things this family does is so familiar So if you just like want to have that familiarity, but then explore like something thematic, like what could happen in society if we suddenly had this type of technology, which like is not a far off idea. Like, I don't think we have that technology, but it's not like leaps and bounds away. Mm -hmm. I really, really liked it. And if you're someone who's getting back into reading really short chapters. So if you need that productivity, super (laughs) short chapters. So it like flies by and it has blue orange contrast if you're in the actual podcast you don't see it but it's very very pretty
0: <laughs> all the books will be linked in
2: the show notes nice i need to get to that one i'm glad to hear you enjoyed it though because i've been hearing some
0: good things about that yeah same i've heard good things
2: yeah um i am as far as like hard sci-fi and like where to start if you're kind of intimidated. I I personally just read until it makes sense. (laughs) I just kind of like, you know, keep going through it and hopefully things start coming together. Um, But maybe like try books with different like formats, interview style books, books with, you know, multimedia formats, uh, things like that in the sci-fi realm. Mm -hmm. I think that helps to make it a little more palatable. So one that I'm thinking off the top of my head is Sleeping Giants by Sylvain Neuvel. I, I love those books. I have to finish the third one, but the whole trilogy so far has been just so good. It's interview style format. And it's essentially, you know, these different robot pieces are being discovered across, you know, across the globe pretty much. And they're trying to assemble it in different ways and bringing together these scientists and doctors and just, you know, trying to pull together what these, you know, ancient pieces mean and, and what is going to happen to humanity when it all comes together. So I think formats like that help make hard sci-fi concepts a little more digestible
1: that reminds me of another one an absolute remarkable thing by Hank Green which has like an oh, yeah. amazing oh. audiobook that almost sounds like a podcast almost yes oh wow which is like really good I, I only listened to it which I normally am a physical reader primarily an audio second but that one I went on extra walks <laughs> I
0: need, oh, wow. to it was a that. really good audiobook yeah <laughs> no that's a good recommendation because it feels like a contemporary with a sci-fi Twist.
1: And, that's a yeah.
0: really good. Yeah, that's a really good suggestion.
1: That both that duology in general is really good. Both audiobooks. books. I
0: need to read the second one. I haven't read the
1: second the one. The second yet. one has a full cast. It's so good. Oh
0: wow! Ooh, nice. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check it out. So, like, kind of the far opposite side, right? For science nerds who like want to start reading books. <laughs> that are fictional
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I might have to check out with that one though
1: <laughs> i'm about to say i don't even feel like i relate to that okay um okay i don't even have this book on my list but if you're talking like people who like are like i'm ready to dive into the deep end mm-hmm. i would go with something like hyperion by dan simmons oh mm-hmm. interesting okay like but that's only if that's like the person who like is i want a challenge i feel up yeah. to the challenge yeah yeah, But um, I mean, because I'm not someone who thinks that there are books that are outside the range of someone's first book, but you have to want it, right? Like yeah. there just some books that are more challenging. That right. one of you guys, for those who don't know, is it's like a late 80s classic sci-fi. I don't know when anything becomes classic now, but everyone talks about it like it's a classic. And it's um, a four book series kind of split into two du- duologies. And the first one is following these pilgrims travel to the Temple of the Shrike for unknown reasons, we don't know as readers, but we get a short story about each of their journeys on the way. Meanwhile, you have a galactic empire that's in chaos. That's like happening in tandem with this story. And it's important. I'm sorry if anyone's hearing my cat yell. He's really loud. <laughs> I don't know if that's getting come through with this. But... I heard a
0: little bit, but it's all right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so he's, uh, he thinks it's almost food time. So. Well, but, my... um, so like Hyperion is very much like, that was one of my like, first like when I was getting into sci-fi my first like oh I'm I'm going for it here. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> it was this is it <laughs> it was a lot If I mean I do the same thing with fantasy like what you were saying Tori is like I sometimes just accept that I won't understand things like it doesn't matter if you have a science degree when you read sci-fi because they're made up words half the time and you have <laughs> to just learn what the make made up words mean and mm-hmm. even if they are basing something based off science like it's fiction that's in the title of the genre mm-hmm. so like
2: yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're looking for a challenge, I can't speak to this too much because I don't understand it. Nine Fox Gambit Yay. by you, Holly Angela. I know you love the, the uh those books. So. That one's almost too to aggressive though. I uh, that, no, had to work <laughs> myself up. Aggressive. <laughs> so <laughs> that was my like moment of okay, we're doing this.
1: <laughs> I, I do saw that one's like based off like really higher math principles or something. And I don't understand them, but I was talking to a statistics nerd who actually understood what was happening. I was like, Oh, that's cool that it's based off things. I
0: wonder if my husband would be into that. Cause he's like, he's, he's an astrophysicist who does a lot of math. So no.
1: what, might... what is cool about nine Fox gambit as like the challenging beginner read as in like, you're not going to know things. Mm-hmm. is like, it leans into the cool, like it leans into. No- things are so colorful, lots of stuffs happening. You don't know what's happening until like the second book. You can guess if you really want to. Like I did a little like notebook puzzle for myself, but <laughs> that that was me yeah. geeking out. And, yeah, like, no, that's like, fun. I to, and, like that. I mean, yeah, yeah, I get it. I do that with some
0: stuff. That's fun. Yeah, like a lot of this is coming from friends and my husband because these are books I have not yet myself read yet but like I hear a lot of people saying that The Martian by Andy Weir is like pretty good science that he did like yeah that he did like a lot of research and talked to people and that like the science piece of it is good so if you kind of want that and like not completely but I think there's some parts of The Expanse series that also have like some stuff that's more interesting conceptually and like actually Yeah, you know, I I
2: know like the way that they like I've read like author interviews about this, like the way they get the spaceship to rotate or Mm -hmm. how they like impose gravity on the spaceship is like, I guess hard science went into that.
1: Yeah, Um, yeah. Another good one Mm -hmm. is Jurassic Park. Their DNA stuff is very close to what we can do now. It's not exact, but it's Mm -hmm. pretty close for a 90s book.
0: Yeah, no, it's interesting. Well, and I think another one I really liked, I mean, I'll just recommend more, um, <laughs> I'll, recommend, I'll recommend more Becky Chambers, but uh, To Be totally Fortunate <laughs> is like her, her more science episode. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I just I really like her, but um, but that's like her more sciencey novella that I think is yeah. is more about like uh, and and I think it's interesting too because it's also about the ethics of science and the ethics of like space exploration. Anyway, I really I really liked that. Yeah. That
1: that's is my, my favorite novella. Becky Chambers. Yeah. I don't know too. I love it. It I've only read two, but it is my favorite. (laughs) Yeah, I've read four. She has like six out, doesn't she? Yeah. Plus, like I
0: think a novella thing, like a a short story or something. I think I read a short story from her. Anyway, so yeah, I think I've read like four things from her. But she's she's great. I need to read more of her. Amazing we're going to talk a little bit about those of you who listen to the podcast because you're into fantasy and romance <laughs> and we'll 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 do this separately if we we're going to give you some recommendations. So, for fantasy readers, you're into fantasy, you want to dip your toes in sci-fi, what are some good kind of crossover books or entry points that you would recommend?
1: I never know if this is controversial, but I think it works. Like if you're like if you're the type of fantasy reader who likes epic political fantasy like that's what you like with cool world building like you, you know you love a song of ice and fire you're really into like stormlight i don't know you're really into world building political fantasy dune like yeah that's what i think 100 yeah so, i agree dune is written in a very modern writing style like it's not like other mm-hmm. classic mm-hmm. sci-fi where i feel like i have to put a caveat on like it's this project <laughs> yes and, you know we're thinking about it like no it's written and it's like some of the earliest popular starting points of so many popular tropes that you see yeah. in A Song of Ice and Fire and Ender's Game and a whole bunch of other stuff later on down the line. So I, I say Dune because it's, yeah. it's, it's like Denver.
0: a side because it's kind of a sci fantasy, it, yeah. like I think. So I, I would agree with you. Yeah,
2: Um completely agree with that. I'm reading Dune right now. Actually, I went back to it because I started it last year and just like Put the book down for no reason. <laughs> so I'm picking it up <laughs> before the movie, and just you know, I'm reminded of how accessible the writing style feels, even though it was written so long ago. I just you can jump right into it and not just feel like this overwhelming, you know, experience while you're reading. So yeah, definitely agree. That's a great uh, suggestion. Um, I mean, I would recommend the fifth season by N.K. Mm-hmm. Jemisin. Yeah, I think that is such a just like.
1: That's always the, recommend Jemison. 100. Always. always. <laughs> always. <laughs> I find fantasy
2: blend. It's um, yeah. that's an amazing uh,
1: trilogy. So
0: we stand Jemison on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. Another one I have that like kind of works for fantasy and romance with the sci-fi is Escaping mm-hmm. Exodus. Okay. Mainly because mm-hmm. it has a lot of kingdom tropes, like queendom matriarch, mm-hmm. like you know a lot of those type of tropes you see in fantasy where you have like those royal politics, and it has forbidden mm-hmm. romance. Mm-hmm. which I didn't know when I picked it up, but it was really fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. I still need to read that one. I've heard it looks, it looks, it sounds interesting.
2: It's really good. Angela, you've convinced me to put that on my TBR.
0: So.
1: I <laughs> have a reading. copy of
0: it. I just haven't read it
1: yet. Well, Nikki Drayden also has, I probably should have said this one instead. I just don't own a copy. The Prey of Gods, which is a sci-fantasy. It takes mm-hmm. place in South Africa. It has a AI revolution, but also gods live on earth with vengeance. And there's like, Magic and other (laughs) worlds, and it's also only 400 pages, but it wraps up. It's it's great, I love that.
0: That's (laughs) awesome, I love it. Yeah, I think one that comes to mind, I think similarly, if you're the kind of fantasy reader who likes kind of epic political stuff, is a memory called Empire and a desolation called Peace by Arcadie Martin. Oh my gosh, they're so good. And they are sci-fi, but they're uh, very character driven and very much about like court politics and stuff. And um, I just, I love them so much. (laughs) They're very good.
2: Yeah, but A Memory Called Empire was, that was great.
0: Yeah. Desolation Called Peace I loved even more. It's interesting because it has multiple perspectives instead of just one. For me, like, which some people don't seem to like. I liked it better But
2: yeah, I mean, they're very similar,
1: like they're obviously two parts of a whole, but they're also Mm -hmm. like, I like each book for very different reasons. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. I enjoyed A Desolation Called Peace more, but I think of A Memory Called Empire more. Does that make sense? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think I agree with you.
1: (laughs) That's interesting. Like from a pure, like I'm enjoying a plot narrative, Desolation Called Peace, Mm -hmm. hands down, but A Memory Called Empire's thematic explorations Mm -hmm. were just top tier. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're so good.
0: I guess one thing too is there are a handful of really good YA sci-fi series that I could recommend as well, which I think uh, can be a good...
1: Oh, I got one of those. Oh, okay. I'll let you guys go. (laughs) Well, I actually do think, I mean, I still read young adult, but not as much as Mm -hmm. when I was a young adult, but the young adult subgenre I like to read the most is sci-fi because I just think... It's really fun. Like, there's just so many, like Tori mentioned, so many of the ones that I would even reread to this day, like the Uglies and stuff like that. But the one I'm thinking of that has two books and it's a YA sci fi thriller with sassy AI is Catfishing on Catnet. Ooh. And yeah, no, it's it has a very pretty cover as well. I don't own a copy of this, but the premise is this girl has to keep moving schools because her mother is always scared of her father. They're always on the run from her father so she can never stay in one school district so all her friends are only on this online chat platform called Catnet which little does everyone know is run by a benevolent AI who just trades cat pictures for safe online internet experiences and it's just about this group of friends in what is called a clouder which a group of cats is called a clouder i did not know that before <laughs> this book but that's what it's called and they're just all very supportive. There is every letter of the LGBTQAI is in this book series. So it's very queer friendly, which is just really nice. It's not like mm-hmm. meant to say anything deep. It's just these characters are here and they're alive and they're having a good time. And all of the plot drama is not based on the miscommunication trope or anything. Mm-hmm. Like the friends are just friends and there's chaos in the world. And it's, I love it. It's There's two books out mm-hmm. and I love both of them.
2: I love it. Ooh, I love that. I have not heard of that. I just added it to my list.
1: I think it won a locust award or it's it's one of those ones that's more known in like the part of booktube that like pays attention to like the Hugo and Nebula. Okay. If that makes sense. I feel like I've heard
0: it mentioned. I just didn't
1: it's know. never for sale at the bookstore. I keep looking. Mm-hmm. Nice. I would
2: recommend This Mortal Coil by Emily Suveto. Mm-hmm. I didn't love book two, but book one <laughs> Oh my God. It was, it was so good. I mean, just binge worthy. And I mean, we really started to get into some deep like science in that. book. Yeah. It's like post-apocalyptic, but at the same time, I mean, we're dealing with genetics and DNA and, you know, these, everyone has panels in their arms and they can control different parts of their identity through it. And it's just, it's such a, it's a lot of fun. It's a great read, but at the same time, I think Sue just knows how to get to the, the crux of some of those really cool, like sci-fi concepts. So, uh yeah. one
0: thought it was great, and I think she studied genetics. I want to say, like, she is a scientist. I can, I can see that.
1: I think um, I heard probably. that from Jade's channel, who also does genetics. So I think.
0: You yeah. Know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I really liked it. Uh, fair warning for people because I did read this pre-COVID, and um, like there is a very deadly virus at the <laughs> core of the plot. Yeah. So. yeah
1: yeah <laughs> so, I love you know. yeah it's always fun when you pick up a book and it has a contagion plot arc and you're like am i ready for this and you yeah. have to decide yeah. if you're ready <laughs> yeah, right right because yeah, it is true. a fun plot arc when you're not mm-hmm. in, in the middle of it like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly
2: <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe not so uh and can you imagine reading that like in the thick of 2020 oh my gosh when no people are no, reading no, no, no. the
1: stand i don't understand right. people. <laughs> I haven't even read The Stand, and I know what the first quarter of that's about. I've read
2: The Stand years ago and cannot imagine returning to it in 2021. There's
1: a good sci-fi horror for beginners, though. Right. There you go. There you
0: go. Yeah, I think a couple of my favorite YA sci-fi series, one is uh, Nixia by Scott Reintgen. It's a completed trilogy. The covers... Are not great. They never do good cover designs, or rarely, I feel like do good cover design for uh, YA sci-fi. But these books are fantastic. They follow. I don't
1: pretty. Sorry, I'm looking them up. I'm <laughs> looking <them up>. at <laughs> it
0: I didn't like I didn't like the covers but they're really really good books. So they follow a group of teenagers who are selected by a corporation to go on a mission into space because they're mining this substance called Nixia, but the the aliens who live on the planet will only let people under 18 come onto the planet. And so they're training like basically testing these teenagers and training them in in what to do, but it gets very twisty and like there's competition and there's like political stuff and it's it's a really really good series and in the first book the character that we're following is this um black kid from detroit who is like going because it's gonna help financially take care of his family and anyway it's it's really it's a really really good series the author is a teacher he's a high school teacher and so he kind of also wrote the series because he wanted kids he taught to be able to like see themselves in these kind of like epic things and it's really cute yeah that's a good series. And one too that I think is really good, you know, because sometimes people have a hard time finding things for teen boys to get into. I mean, anyone could read this, but I feel like this is one that I'm like, this would definitely appeal to teen boys.
1: Do we count zombies as sci-fi? Yeah, sure. Because um, Peter (laughs) Klein's has like a zombie superhero. I haven't read it. i read other Peter Klein's like 14 in the Fold, which I also would recommend to beginners in terms of Mm -hmm. like, thriller, Cthulhu-ish things uh, well, there's a whole yeah. brand of like cthulhu sci-fi yeah, yeah 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> totally
1: <laughs> but um i just remember someone i knew loved all of peter klein stuff and some of it i did give to like a teenage cousin and he like devoured them ah. and it was like something right. to do with superheroes and zombies so hey. peter Kleins or something awesome. nice
0: yeah, the other one that I really loved, and I'm I, I, this month I'm going to read the sequel, but it's a duology, but Goddess in the Machine by Laura Beth Johnson.
2: Oh, yeah,
1: I keep seeing that pop up. You were the it, first person to put it on my radar, and I still curious about it.
0: It's really good. It's another one. I kind of hate the covers. <laughs> Destiny, <laughs> we got to get you a nice cover. I know. <laughs> Just get but, the
1: Kindle,
0: um, then. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But they're they're really really good. So this one, the first book, it follows a not super distant future, but like future set in the future, and it follows a teen girl who is going into like cryogenic suspension to travel with her family to be on a colony on another planet, and she's supposed to be asleep for like hundred years but when she wakes up it's a thousand years later
2: oh, yeah.
0: and everyone she knows is gone everything is totally different and there's like political stuff happening where she is and like she has mm. to kind of navigate it and they think she's a goddess because they've been like knowing she was asleep in this chamber and then for reasons woke up and it's anyway it's very interesting and like twists upon twists upon twists like if you want something that's gonna be like what several times. It's a good one. So (laughs) yeah, it's also interesting too. I, some people didn't like this element of it, but I really liked that she kind of played with the linguistics and kind of imagined like how English might change over a thousand years. And so there's like a slightly different dialect that people are speaking. Anyway, it's very, I thought thought it was really interesting.
1: I like that so long as I can still like, read it or learn how to read it in a short amount of time
0: (laughs) I didn't think it was hard to pick up but other like I thought it made a lot of sense but like uh, other people disagreed
1: well like there's um Nalo Hopkinson has one book Midnight Robber which I I don't know if I would ever recommend on a beginner list but it's also not necessarily hard it's just has a lot of things that are like I think barriers to entry and one of them is it's completely written in a I think Trinidad dialect oh wow like Okay. I like I had to like start saying things out loud so I can get used to the different replacements and words like there's some mm-hmm. words that just get replaced differently but yeah. it's also like trigger warnings galore which so that's why I mean like multiple <laughs> layers <laughs> of entry it's new <laughs> yeah I just found a really cute copy of it at the bookstore today for two dollars so I was very excited though
0: I think I have a copy on my shelves it's like one of the many things I own
1: and have not yet read <laughs> Have good mental health when you pick that one up. It is good to know. know. But like, yeah, you're gonna, Mm -hmm. you're gonna rage. You're gonna rage a little. (laughs) Good to know. know. Okay, okay. All right. We No one's mentioned Scythe yet. I feel like that has. Oh yeah.
2: Yes, thank you. I was
1: like, we cannot move on. What's nice about Scythe is you could either just read the first book or read the whole trilogy, but be warned as you continue the trilogy, they just get longer and there doesn't seem to be a reason. (laughs) <laughs> I like them. I just, there were so- where did yeah. the editor go? <laughs> he ran I, away.
2: I thought book two was
1: so good, though. So I did not Yeah, mind I liked it. Thunderhead. I didn't I mind like Thunderhead, Thunderhead being yeah. as long as it was. I think I've Patel only read was book one. When I noticed all of the things I didn't love about his writing style it was just amplified because the book kept going. Uh, <laughs> was- fair enough. It's just like, when does this end? Yeah, And I like the ending, though. Like, I didn't dislike the ending or anything.
2: Yeah, yeah, I thought things wrapped up nicely, but yeah, they were... It's definitely a long, long series, long trilogy. We didn't say what it's about. We just assumed
0: that... I know. (laughs) know. Yeah, maybe if you want to give a brief... It is really interesting, like, because it... It deals with interesting ideas about, like, mortality and...
1: Yeah, so this is like your utopia, dystopia type of YA. Mm -hmm. Um, Not quite as dystopian as other ones. It actually feels a little bit utopian, where you can't die unless a scythe says you are on the quota chopping block, you die. And we follow two characters that are training to become future scythes, and that Mm -hmm. is the start of the journey. Yeah, Yeah, it's interesting. So let's talk about romance. Yeah. I have one I have a legit romance I love it I know this is really weird it's not okay I don't know how romance books work actually but you guys have like a spicy scale right like I don't know what's the lowest I mean... spice <laughs> this is this is like not even a jalapeno but it's for okay. sure a romance <laughs> yeah. okay okay like what I mean is like no sexy times or anything yeah yeah right yeah, yeah. So that's the best of all possible worlds by Karen Lord. This literally is just like a slow burn romance of these two characters as they're traveling with a team around this planet to help find a way to help this displaced um, colony of humans find a home on this planet. Mm -hmm. Um, Their planet becomes inhabitable because of some war. So this planet's like, you guys can live here, but this is like the idea of like the perfect world of like, we're actually going to not assimilate you. We're gonna let you like be yourself, but we also need you to coexist with us in like a cooperative manner. So this is the story of them trying to find that perfect place and find more people that are genetically similar because humans have kind of diverged. And the two characters um, get to know each other and they both have trauma, but they they come together. And I read, I accidentally read this Valentine's Day weekend. I didn't know this was a romance. So <laughs> I had no clue, and I was obsessed. And it was beautiful. And it's only three hundred pages. And I love Karen Lord. I'm obsessed. No one reads oh. her, but she's my favorite. I,
2: I love how much you love that book.
1: I, I, love that. I it's because I read it in two days and I couldn't put it down. <laughs> I was dreaming about it. When you're dreaming about a oh book, gosh, it's like, oh right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You know. Oh like, man. And also, this is like I know everyone loves Becky Chambers. This mm-hmm. this was written before Becky Chambers was publishing, and this like the original like take Star Trek, make it a book, like in terms
0: of that's
1: awesome. Because yeah, I think this is 2013 or 2010.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. You know, I don't think I read a lot of sci-fi books with romance in it. <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't want to recommend your audience something and they'll be like, there's
1: nothing but violence in this book. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that very
1: awkward. You could just casually say, I don't know if it's good, but everyone says Ice Planet Barbarians is fun. I,
0: well, I was gonna mention because um I have actually read some well, I've read the first book in that series and some other stuff by her. They are fun. They're like alien romances. And actually, fun story, they got they were indie published, they got bought by Berkeley. And uh-huh. they are getting traditional, co- like, new covers, traditionally published Wait, in we're the We're not going to have
1: those original covers? I love those covers. Oh, wow.
0: No. No. And then the new cover is really good. I like okay. it. I mean, this is very uh, low tech of me, but I do have it saved on my phone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I am excited to read it when that itch of mine exists. It mm-hmm. happens, like, two times a year. So who knows? Normally, what I mean, ends up happening is Sarah J Mass happens to publish something and then I'm good. <laughs>
0: Fair point. Um, yeah, okay. So, like, I don't, this is the new cover. People... Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: That's a bit better, but I still, you know, I have a soft spot for... I mean, I think
0: a lot of people do. A lot of people do. But they're, I mean, they're fun. If you want something that's, like, much more on the steamy side. I will say, like, her writing is good. Like, she does, she does a good job of doing decent character work and world building in very few words. Like, she's very talented at what she does. I mean, you have to be in the mood for, like, campy, steamy Mm -hmm. space romance. But... You know, I I feel like she's, like, among the best people out there writing it, Mm. if that's what you're looking for. So, yeah. My, I think my big recommendation... I knew you were going to bring
1: it up, so I didn't bring it over.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I knew it. Of course. My big recommendation, uh, if you want something that is more, like, equally sci-fi and romance, is Winter's Orbit by Everina Maxwell. I love this so much. It's a political arranged marriage between two men and there's like mystery elements and politics and uh things they have to figure out and also like they don't know each other and they're very very different personality types one of them is like super outgoing everybody loves him, people person and the other one is like hyper introverted and yeah I love them so much.
1: This is, oh, they're great! They're, they're the romance so is the best part of that book. <sighs> it's, so
0: it's so good.
1: It's so good. I love my it. My yeah,
0: it's great. So, yeah, that's definitely a big, a big one for me. Mm. I'm trying
1: to think if I have like other good. I have I, one that's more um, literary fiction, but its focus is on the relationship of two people, so it doesn't follow the typical. Um, mm-hmm gender norms, I guess, of romance, but it's called Exit West. And this is oh, one of those- oh, I've heard of Exit West. Oh, it's it's one I had to read for my book club that typically reads literary fiction. And I was like, oh, this is so good. And a sci-fi, how'd you guys do this? Because it's a world, our own world, um, basically. You can assume it's now. And in a country that is forever unnamed, but you assume is in the Middle East, but the name of it's not important. It's like very intentional. Suddenly across the world, doors open and you cannot close the doors, like every time you try to control them, more doors open. So there's essentially Mm -hmm. no borders anymore. There's no such thing as controlled borders. So there's just a whole bunch of refugee crises everywhere, like people just keep moving around. And so it answers the question of how do you handle a refugee crisis when you cannot control borders like what we do now, like what we do now is have quotas and, you know, control who can come in and who can stay and everything Mm -hmm. like that. But at the core of this story with that Overarching idea where we start in the Middle East are these two people who meet each other in college, and you go through like decades of their life during this whole tumultuous global time, and what happens to their relationship um, from the very passionate beginning, and where you know they're holding on to each other, and how they change as the world changes. Um, I really love it. I used to have a copy, and I gave it to someone, and it's one of those lost (laughs) books. It's it's lost, I haven't found it yet, (laughs) but um it's it's one of those stories that I read like three years ago and like sticks with me like mm. a lot, mainly because like I think immigration themes are like really interesting to explore in sci-fi. Like we yeah. have talked about a lot of them, like Memory Called Empire for sure has a lot of those yeah. types of themes in them too. But I think this one where you literally just have a plot device that's just like, you can't just write laws that say people can't come here. Think of a different solution mm-hmm. and just seeing what the story says. Yeah, that's interesting.
2: So I do have a recent read, but I don't know how great it'll be for romance. Okay.
1: okay, try your best.
2: Just go with me on this. It's Elysium by Jennifer Marie Brissett.
1: I still need to read that.
2: It was I've it was it. quite the experience. Um, I still <laughs> like feel like I'm trying to process that story. I mean, it's sci-fi. It's post-apocalyptic. It's it's so hard to explain. It's like the atmosphere or the city itself that these characters live in is almost like an AI or a computer program. And so we're following two characters as the city kind of deteriorates. And these characters, they were once in love, but they've been having some issues. And so every time the tension arises like in their relationship, the city will try to reset itself. And then these two people, we see them as like two different people. So it could be, you know, a uh, girlfriend, boyfriend, a uh, married couple, and then we'll see them as two women or two men in a relationship, mm. or we'll see them as siblings in a relationship and see that like brotherly love kind of, um, kind of relationship. So, I mean, it was just, it's so weird. It's such a weird, weird process, but it's still sticking with me. So hopefully uh, I, more people yeah. get that one out.
1: I have to, um, I found out my library has a physical copy, so I'm going to get it eventually. I've been trying to get an e-copy, but Amazon doesn't yeah. let them have those, which mm. makes but now I've been wanting it ever since Njiri talked about it on Onyx Pages.
2: Oh um, yeah, she comments. I was like, "Have you read this too?" So she read it in twenty
1: nineteen.
2: <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. That's so interesting. And uh, yeah, I want more people to because the the reviews are so low for it. I'm like, it wasn't so bad. Like just just go check it. Out. What What did you rate it? Oh, three star, solid three star. When I finished it, I rated it like a two point five. And I was like, "No." And you're telling
1: is- people they're rating it low, but I feel like you're <laughs> rating it low. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it, it had
2: to sit with me for a minute, Angela. It had to sit with me. Just let it, let it marinate. I forget your
1: three stars are like my like low four stars. I just have to remember that's, to- Yeah, okay. yeah, that's
2: true. My rating system is, you know, I'll go by what 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 Goodreads says a star is. So mm-hmm. Goodreads is like a five star is amazing, and then a four mm-hmm. star is like I really liked it, and three is like mm-hmm. I liked it, and <laughs> kind of. I just kind of go by that, and two was like it was okay. So I'm I just saying
1: was, the way you talked about it sounded more like like they a really liked it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what it yeah. sounded I mean, like. Yeah.
2: I gave I gave it a three star at the end, so I liked it. Okay, but yeah. That's funny. I've given books two stars before. Like it was okay. And people were like, oh my God, what did you like about this book? I'm like Oh, I
1: I get scarred when I look at your ratings for some of my beloved books. (laughs) You and Liana really, really, really test my patience. I just I just like look away. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) Okay. So one other book I thought of, and I, I I'll give this caveat. It's It's not a book that I necessarily enjoyed, but a lot of people do, and it definitely has a strong romance sci-fi mix. Is this is how you lose the time war?
1: Oh yeah, but I wouldn't put that on a beginner list. That's why I don't have it on my list. Oh, interesting. I Um, well,
2: I thought this was a beginner video. Maybe you shouldn't read Elysium. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a kind of like complex book.
1: It's a short (laughs) one
0: though. (laughs) Oh man. No, but like, this is how you lose the time, lose the time war is, is like, if you are into romance and poetry, maybe you'd like it. Like it was not grounded enough for me, but I actually know a lot of people who aren't big sci-fi readers who loved it. Whereas I was like, I, this is not grounded enough. I need more world building. It's very much, it's all vibes. It's like, (laughs) sci-fi vibes um which I think could actually work well for some romance readers so
1: I mean I did love that book I gave it five stars um I and I don't even know why because I'm not normally because it's very literary like you said it's very much like a a journey in art form of the writing style yes like And I think I knew early on because of Injiri because we were talking about it that like I wasn't getting a hard sci fi experience to just she literally is like it's like a wave you have to go with it and I was like okay I'm in I'm in the headspace here I go. And so I ignored most of the world building and just got lost in these love letters and I'm not gonna lie my heart ached a little at the end like I was just like, so I don't know. I, and I even, like, I actually, I don't usually read words out loud. I actually, there was one of the letters at the end that I actually, like, did pause. I'm like, oh, my brain's reading this too fast. I need to, like, actually, like, slow it down. So, yeah. But I'm not normally that type of reader. That's a rare yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and that's the thing is I feel like it's one of those polarizing ones where people either, like, loved it or didn't like it very much. And, like, I didn't like it very much, but I can understand why you might love it. And so I want to...
1: Yeah, it's one of those ones where I text totally text. get when people give it two stars and are like, mm-hmm. what did I just read? It's like, yeah, yeah. you're not wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> Was that letter in a tree stump? Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Awesome. (laughs) Cool. Well, hopefully that's helpful for everybody. Thank you, guys. I think we had a lot of, lot of good recommendations for people. Um, We're going to move into on my radar, where I'll be sharing recent and upcoming book releases in sci-fi, fantasy, and romance that I'm excited about. And then Angela and Tori will have the opportunity to share one as well. The books for today's episode will be released between September 14th and September 27th, 2021, with the exception of guest recommendations, which may include any recent or upcoming release. Okay so first up September 14th we've got three books coming out. We have A Dark and Starless Forest by Sarah Hollowell. This one looks really interesting. When her siblings start to go missing a girl must confront the dark thing that lives in the forest and the growing darkness in herself. It's a debut YA contemporary fantasy said to be good for fans of wilder girls and it has a plus size heroine which is exciting. Great cover. Also, September fourteenth, we have "It All Comes Back to You" by Faranaz Rishi. This is a YA romance where two exes must revisit their past after their siblings start dating. In this rom-com, said to be perfect for fans of Sandhya Menon and Morgan Matson, looks really cute. And then lastly, I've pre-ordered this book. It's more of like a horror, but I'm like really excited for it. We have White Smoke by Tiffany D. Jackson. The Haunting of Hill House meets Get Out in this chilling oh. YA psychological thriller and modern take on the classic haunted house story. I've heard it's like pretty terrifying and I'm really That's excited amazing. to read it. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Then September 21st, I've got two books to talk about. First up, we have Under the Whispering Door by TJ Klune. This one is interesting. I think it's kind of like almost like a Scrooge ish thing except with fantasy so when a reaper comes to collect wallace price from his own funeral wallace suspects he really might be dead instead of leading him directly to the afterlife the reaper takes him to a small village on the outskirts off the path through the woods tucked between mountains is a particular tea shop run by a man named hugo hugo is the tea shop's owner to locals and the ferryman to souls who need to cross over but wallace isn't ready to abandon the life he barely lived with hugo's help he finally starts to learn about all the things he he missed in life. So it sounds interesting. And then lastly, we've got City of Thieves by Alex London. This one sounds interesting. And I've really enjoyed the other things I've read from him in the past. In a modern mega city built around dragons, one boy gets caught up in the world of underground dragon battles and high stakes gang war that could tear his family apart. So it looks really interesting.
1: Well, I have one. Also, it's like, to, I haven't read Under the Whispering Door, but I have read House in the Cerulean Sea, and I have heard that even though the covers look very similar, don't expect the same vibe. No,
0: they're like totally different stories. So I think yeah. a lot
1: of my friends have read it hoping for House in the Cerulean Sea vibes and have been no sad. Yeah, no. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess they purposely marketed them to be very similar, right? But like, yeah, yeah like the
0: art design is very yeah. similar, but they're very different books.
1: Yeah. yeah, but my book actually does come out September fourteenth, so I'm in this range. It's by it. an, a small press. Um, it's First Light by Casey Casey Berger. I read this already, and I have the sequel arc because I'm so pumped. Oh, nice. This, nice. this is like your your kind of classic start to like a space opera, kind of almost video game esque sort of sci fi world. You have like three superpowers of races you have like a cat race an alien one and a human one and what's happening in the story is one of our main characters is in the military because in this world you kind of are in the military or you're in poverty that's kind of what happens and she's part of this anti-terrorist force and they're trying to figure out how to handle this terrorist group that is ramping things up with a biological weapon so i guess caveat that there's a biological weapon it's It's not the same as a contagion story, but that is in there. And we have a bounty hunter with a mysterious past. And we have a antisocial scientist who's working on a biological thing who somehow gets swirled up into this whole mess. And I don't know. It was just a very fun time. Like if you want just like a fun sci-fi, I had a great time reading it. I really liked the writing style. And like I don't get to play a lot of video games because I'm bad at them like I can't get to the plot. Like that's <laughs> that's not what happens to me. And so to like have like an action packed, like thriller space sci-fi, I just like, it was very vibrant and I was having a fun time. I thought the mystery was fun but you could pick up breadcrumbs and figure things out. And I have the second book because I reached out to the author and I was like, I can't wait for the second book. And they're like, there's an arc. So I, I have fun. <laughs> I love it. That's oh, awesome. also this is a trilogy that will be all released by November. So September, October oh, wow. okay. Octobers the second. No, So it's like, it's all gonna be out so soon and that makes me so excited. Nice.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. We love a good timeline. Yeah. The ones that I have on my radar, um, the first is No Gods, No Monsters by Cadwell Turnbull. And that actually just came out today. <laughs> um, and we're following this young woman who um, gets the news that her brother was murdered by Boston cops. Mm-hmm. And it says, uh, what soon what looks like a case of police brutality soon reveals something much stranger. Monsters are real and they want everyone to know it. And it sounds like we're getting a, a lot of paranormal, urban fantasy from there, werewolves, a bunch of other monsters. So that's definitely one I'm excited to read. It's an interesting
0: I read it. It's very literary. Oh, yes. oh yeah, it, okay. it's like it's anyway, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, I will be, um, <laughs> I'll be
1: prepared. <laughs> I mean, I think yeah. you just have to be prepared for literary reads, which I don't know what that word yeah. means, but we all know what it means.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like we know, but we can't, I can't like yeah. put it in the words. It's like, oh, okay, I've got it. Yeah, yeah. Let me uh, readjust. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. The next one that's on my radar is Destroyer of Light by Jennifer Marie Brissett. And it says, this is the matrix meets an Afrofuturistic retelling of Persephone, Set oh, in yes. science fiction underworld of aliens refugees and genetic engineering and that is out october 12th uh what's tor. the
1: name of that one again sorry
2: destroyer of light okay by jennifer marie brissette yeah that sounds
0: that sounds cool. really cool yep
2: and then the next one is elder race by adrian tchaikovsky and this is um, a novella from tor this is so funny because i have not finished anything by adrian tchaikovsky i started his other novella the system expert's brother and just never finished it but for some reason every time he comes out with a new release I'm just like that is gonna be so good and I and I have no like basis for why I think that so anyways I'm really excited about this novella. So, so it says a junior anthropologist on a distant planet must help the locals he has sworn to study to save a planet from an unbeatable foe um, so that sounds yeah you know, really good. And then the last one that's on my radar, um, I'm really looking forward to this one is Cytonic by Brandon Sanderson, which is the third book um in the Skyward series. So um, I finished book one last year um, and just I'm gonna get to book two sometime, hopefully um, this month. So looking forward to it. I really enjoyed the first book. and
1: yeah, you've made yeah. the right call. Book two kind of has a cliffhanger. So oh, okay. good to
0: know. <laughs> I still haven't gotten to book two. so that's good to know i mean okay. i've been surviving
1: but i read book two when it came out and yeah i you know <laughs> <laughs> are, you gonna, are you, do you think you're gonna like reread it before
2: the third one or just jump into the third one
1: okay as much of a sanderson fan as i am i'm just gonna like wait a bit like i have so many other fall releases that i care mm-hmm. so much more about between like bone shard emperor jade legacy and yeah. um, liars not and i want to reread for most of those oh
0: bone shard daughter actually is kind of a sci fantasy i feel like it's got it's some like kind of steampunk yeah. vibes
1: i really like that
0: one that one's good um it's
1: good it's definitely good it for that fantasy recommendation section mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. okay okay cool well Thank you. These all look amazing. Again, all of the books will be linked in the show notes. This has been Chapter 3 Podcast, and I'm your host, Bethany. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And you can also find us on the YouTube channel. And you can find me on YouTube at Beautifully Bookish Bethany as well, talking about even more books. The next episode will be available in two weeks. And this episode's bonus content will be available to patrons in the next few days. Thanks for listening.